Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for October 17th, 2021, the 21st Sunday after Pentecost in year B. And we are coming to you live uh, on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana, and technically coming to you, or I said live. I'm recording live. I'm live. It's not live (laughs) when you're hearing this. But we're live together for like the first time in nearly two years. Yeah, yeah. We're rolling the dice. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the is isn't that like the headline for every one of our podcasts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, thanks for joining us. You're rolling the dice. <laughs> I'm safe at any speed. <laughs> Bruce, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. Yeah. I can I can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, we had a nice, we are recording Sunday after church. We had mm-hmm. a wonderful mm-hmm. Sunday morning, and you can all join in a week from today, Sunday, 8 and 10 in person with masks on, mm-hmm. or 10 a.m. at the YouTube channel with a live broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we, we have a welcome returning member to our uh, church, our, our 10 o'clock church service, which is or at least it was uh, this this past ten o'clock. I have a feeling it'll be available uh, for, for eight as as well. Coffee, yes, <laughs> we are serving coffee again. You know, socially distance a little bit if you're taking great big slugs of it with your mask off. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it definitely feels like fall that way. Yeah, it, uh, the the only thing that we would need uh, a little bit more of uh, would be like some sort of pumpkin flavor. Uh, <laughs> can we get like a big jar of pumpkin sprinkling something or other to put in the uh, in, in the coffee? I wouldn't partake because I, I, I don't say, like the flavor. Nuts? But <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a craze, a, a fashion it that is that, the season, that yes. takes it, it takes everyone else by uh, storm. So, but yeah, we've got we've got hospitality back. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more than just coffee. Oh, more yeah. than actually, just. it's a pretty. Good assortment of little snackies, both gluten free mm-hmm. and regular. And, yeah, and there are uh, officially called pumpkin spice Twinkies, but <laughs> it's. I had one last week just to see what it was. It was fortunately it was not a Twinkie, more like a cupcake type thing. You know, there's and I'm never having another one again. <laughs> plenty, plenty of people have taken time to study uh, end times, and I believe. Pumpkin flavored Twinkies is somewhere hidden there in in the uh, the, 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 <laughs> book the book of Revelation. Of Revelation. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in there, it's there. Is like, oh, <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> when your cream filling is replaced with pumpkin spice, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's a problem. Uh, it's a real problem. But yeah, uh, uh, eight and ten, we've got uh, uh, um, the the education classes in between. Yep, for all ages. Nine. Um, and uh, so uh, whether you can join us in person, I know that this week and uh, the following week are kind of like a pretty much everybody's fall break. So if you've got mm-hmm. kiddos that you are rewarding uh, for. Uh, all the great behavior during the pandemic by taking them somewhere this year. Or bribing for the future. Or, or bribing, or you know what? Just dragging them along. <laughs> uh, uh, we are we are we are very pleased to provide uh, the the uh, ten o'clock service live, as you pointed out, at HFEC videos. But you can also uh, find all the 
all the deets, as the kids say, and I do sound... Do they still? They do, actually. Oh. Yeah, the deets. Um, uh, on our website at, yeah. at, at holyfamilyfishers.org. So uh, look for all that and more. We've got Trunk or Treat coming up. We've got mm-hmm. all manner Hogwarts. of Hogwarts. Uh, yes. And the Ton, new playground will be operational on this coming Sunday. The word, That sounds very... Well, Star Wars Empire esque, like the playground is now operational. If, if you if you jump off the wrong step, you go into hyperspace, never to be seen again. Good, Johnny. Good. Who's the slide? Um, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's a, it looks great. So, uh, yeah. a, a big shout out to everybody who, um, um, helped with that and, and, uh, continues to help. There's mulch to still probably yeah. be put down. So by the time that this podcast comes out, there might still be some work to be done, uh, that, that could be, uh, you could, you could help out with, but a huge, huge thanks to, uh, Marcus Dial for, yeah. for, uh, kind of spearheading the, the entire initiative and, and getting it to, uh, to, to where we are today. So, and the actually, <laughs> All joking aside, I do want to point out... All? All joking? For a moment. Okay, for a moment. Okay, got it. That we were completely led, supervised, and pushed aside by the professional installation crew whenever there was a critical piece being attached to the structure. So you don't have to worry about someone saying, "Eh, I couldn't ratchet it any further. That's okay. (laughs) Is it safe for my kids to play on this? Well, Bruce, Bruce tightened that lug nut, so you You're take your chances. <laughs> Sometimes we play with the hand that we're dealt with, and uh, yeah, so it'll be—it's very safe and secure, and yeah. amazingly, how many amazing how many feet it's down into the ground with concrete around the uprights. It yeah. was really impressive to see the, these guys work. Very good, very good. Well, speaking of impressive, let's move on to our person of the day. Uh, who I will say up front, uh, I picked just because there was so much in this person's uh, um, paragraph about them that I don't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, good. That I that I had to pick them because I, like I've got questions. So uh, your person, fourteen seventy seven to fifteen fifty two, Herman von Wied Wied. W I E D of Cologne. W I. Or as the or as, or as the, the the American side of me would say, Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Wisconsin it would be Cologne. Herman Van Weed of Cologne. Your table's ready. <laughs> Have some strudel. <laughs> um, no idea. No idea. So he uh, so he's the Archbishop Elector. Of Cologne, uh, and he called a provincial council in 1536 to institute reforms. I understand pr- what a provincial council is and what reforms are. So, so far, so, so far, good. so good. The canons enacted were uh, uh, there were published in 1538 with an Enchiridion handbook or manual. They say so. I don't know if that's like a German or like I, I don't know uh, word E N C E C H E R I D I O N and Caridian and I honestly don't know, but I'm very bad at visualizing. Based stuff. on uh, based on the Apostles' Creed, the seven sacraments, yeah, of which like like 
I started thinking in my head how many sacraments that I knew of off the top of my head. I have a feeling that we still do the seven sacraments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just need a refresher course on that. <laughs> technically, the Episcopal Church and the Anglican Communion uh, has two sacraments and five sacramental acts, which is part oh. of our history from God. the 1500s as to what can be found in the Bible. Those are the two sacraments of the Holy Eucharist and baptism and what comes from tradition and somewhat the Bible. And those are the five sacramental acts. It was a compromise of some council that decided that. Hmm. What are the sacramental acts? Okay. Let's see if I can get this right. Um, anointing for healing. Okay. Um, confession and forgiveness. Okay. Okay. Married or wedding. Ordination. Oh, darn. Service on a subcommittee. (laughs) For more than two years. For more than two years. (laughs) Building and grants. (laughs) Oh, confirmation. Confirmation. Okay. Okay. So this was, uh, so, so this was based on the Apostles' Creed. The Seven Sacraments, the Lord's Prayer, and the Decalogue. Also not familiar with... Ten Commandments. Fancy name for it. Deca. Got it. Yeah. I'm dumb. Uh, Martin Busser, who had worked on various German church orders, was brought to Cologne by Hermann in February 1542. Busser began work on a church order based largely on the 1533 Bradenburg-Nuremberg order of Andreas Osiander and Johann Brenz. I don't know if any of that may, it like strikes. Oh yeah, the Bradenburg <laughs> Nuremberg order. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Um, Philip Mel- Melanchthon. So many names. Uh, brought to Cologne in May uh, 1543 and revised and enlarged the doctrinal portion. That's all it says about that. I don't know what the <laughs> doctrinal portion is. I'm well, assuming... that would be the, the theology behind what they were okay. instituting. So it's the doctrinal portion of the 1953 or 1538 uh, um, uh, publish yeah. publishing of the Reformation of the Canons. Okay, all right. Uh, the order adopted in July was published in October. A slightly revised German version was published in 1544 in November, and an amended Latin version was published in 1545. An English translation of the Latin version which is called A Simple and Religious Consultation, was published in London in October of 1547, and an amended edition was published in 1548. Various sections were printed separately, and the 1549 BCP is intended to this book, uh, or indebted to this book in its, sorry, yeah, indebted to this book in its calendar and in almost every right. The Cologne chapter published was a rejoinder, first in German and then in Latin, Anti-didagama? I don't think that's quite right, but I can't correct it I mean, uh, which supplied a few phrases in the first prayer book. Herman was excommunicated and deposed by Pope Paul III in 1546. So, like, all all of this work on... Reformation to some of the canons and 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 aspects of the B, the BCP the 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 fifteen you know whatever you would call it I guess it'd be the fifteen forty nine BCP is the official after all the 
you know, changes and then uh, uh, um, revisions as it gets translated to other languages. Uh, so the 1549 BCP, and then no reference as to what happened to the guy <laughs> to make him excommunicated. Was it was just because oh, okay. were the revisions done specifically to like oppose the Pope? Uh, yeah. The, okay. Okay. Well, I won't say they were done specifically to oppose the Pope, but they they did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I wasn't sure if, like, the, the intention of when he set out with these other uh, individuals, uh, Philip uh, Melanchthon and uh, Martin yeah. Bucer, uh, if they, like, it specifically set out with the intention to, like, I don't like what this guy's doing or what the, what's going on with the current BCP. We need oh, to oh. fix this. Or if it was like, hey, let's revise this. And the Pope goes, how dare you? <laughs> I, th I think it was more the latter, but I okay. can't say absolutely for sure. Because the the main the main reason there in our hey you should know these guys list is their effect on the English prayer book which was frankly accidental that was because mm. they weren't English mm -hmm. um, and were still in the Roman Catholic Church so they had no um, they didn't have any dog in that fight of going on in England mm -hmm. but part of the wonder of the 1500s was how quickly compared to past centuries information was traveling uh, around western europe and so that really kept the the people in charge on their toes and constantly being surprised by wait a minute where'd that idea come from mm. like, switzerland neener neener <laughs> <laughs> How'd you hear from Switzerland? Well, we got it in the mail. What? <laughs> that English channel used to be worth something. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah, we... In the 1548 prayer book um, was a very Protestant... If I'm remembering correctly, it was a very Protestant prayer book in many ways. Hmm. And so the American prayer books don't look anything like it. So if you look at... Any of the American prayer books, you won't really see the influence of those guys. Gotcha. I'm just looking up uh, real quick the anti-didigama, which is okay. what I said, and like I put it into a. Nah, it doesn't come up easily. Uh, it's referenced in other things, but it's like there's no like dictionary style. Like <laughs> this is how to say this word. Yeah. <laughs> Too late anyway. Uh, so we'll move on from that. But I mean, the the, the, the this kind of also led me though to the the question of like, okay, so they revised the the BCP. How many how many are we up to these days? Like, oh. we're currently in the uh, um, oh, I forget the exact year. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, it's seventeen seventy nine. And I I believe there was like a one in the forties. No, no twenties. Mm, okay. The, the, there was the 1928 prayer book. Mm -hmm. There was the 1896 prayer book. There was, and I think before that, it was the late 1700s prayer book. I'm mm. forgetting the exact year. Um, and as, as you might be able to sense, the change the the rate of change excel was accelerating through the history of the episcopal church yeah those are the episcopal church prayer books before the late 1700s one the um 
Church of England slash Episcopalians in the colony slash United States used the 1662 prayer book from England, mm. which officially is still the Church of England's prayer book. Okay. Because in England, Parliament has to approve huh. prayer books because mm. it's a state religion. And Oh, he, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, the Queen's the head of the church. Parliament has to approve prayer books. And they have not, Parliament has not been willing to approve any prayer book revision since 1662. So the Church of England has gotten around that by having what they call authorized services. Mm. And the vast majority of um, churches in England use authorized services. I think their latest version of that is like 1982, maybe more recent than that. Mm. Government. Not getting stuff done since right. 1662. Yeah, it's the old thing of, you know, I'm going to have four I'm going to have this very small number of voters who will not want this to happen, and mm -hmm. no one else will care, but I don't want to lose the, that small number of votes, so I'm gotcha. not going to do it. Gotcha. Uh, so, if I, yeah, if I'm doing if, if if the time frame for revising them is, has been accelerating over the years, and our most recent one is 1979, we're going to be due for a revision here in the yeah. next decade or so oh yeah there's the work has already started oh okay it's committee work so it takes forever um but i think i don't know what you're talking about committees are well-oiled machines <laughs> i want i want to say it was five years ago that um the work officially started interesting and, and what usually gets updated is just is it generally just language like like the stylistic um totally depends on the era okay so the 1896 prayer book made lots of changes mm -hmm. um not surprisingly because it was from literally pre-industrial um society to mm -hmm. a post-industrial mm -hmm. um consequent the 1896 made a lot of changes consequently the 1928 did not make too many except the addition of a prayer for people traveling by air because mm -hmm. airplanes had yeah. come into use. Interesting. The 79 prayer book was probably the highest number of changes in hundreds of years. Hmm. And so the next one probably is going to be fine tuning rather than anything radical. Gotcha. The 79 prayer book literally changed the order of the service and where communion came in versus not communion added a lot of services that weren't in the old prayer book. Um, hmm. Big changes. So next one, not so much. There's even debate as to how much should be in the new prayer book because a lot of people think the current one is too fat for practical use. <laughs> <laughs> and with the advent of word processing and cheap um, Xeroxing type stuff, things like the service for consecrating a bishop never are used from a prayer book. It's always, yeah. well, let's just get the bulletins printed with everything in it. Right, right, right. No, that makes, that makes some yeah. sense. All right, so the only unanswered question is the anti maybe it's anti-didagma. I don't know. It's whatever that I'm is. Not, yeah, it's... 
Admittedly, it's Sunday afternoons, so my brain's half dead, but yeah, no idea. Uh, I don't know why your brain is half dead, uh, Bruce. We have coffee today. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to kick in, and then I'll be much better. <laughs> mm, coffee. Um, okay, well then, let's move on for our per- from our person of the day, Herman von Weid, von Weid, von Weid <laughs> of Cologne, uh, Calagny. Um, and, uh, hey, at least he smelled good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. There's some Cologne. pretty terrible Cologne out there. That's uh, true. Hopefully, um, he didn't wear the cheap stuff. <laughs> uh, he was a Drakkar Noir guy. Um, uh, let's move on to our first reading, which is uh, today's going to come from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 4 through 12. And that reads Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and the tomb, his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous and shall bear and he shall bear their iniquities therefore i will allot him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors um one would be forgiven for had you not heard ahead of time that I was reading from the book of Isaiah, one would think that this was a post-gospel reference to Christ himself. Right. But who is this a reference to? <laughs> who bore our transgressions at this point there in time? Multiple level, multiple possibilities. Um, Ooh, is this one of the, like, we don't entirely know kind of uh, chapters? I think it's more the we don't entirely agree chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, early Christians, okay, Book of Isaiah, definitely one of the books that early Christians had close to hand mm-hmm. that, that Christ referenced um, in his teachings. So after, after the resurrection, to try to make sense of the crucifixion, trial and crucifixion of Jesus, Christians turned to this passage and said, oh, that's why it happened. Gotcha. This was this was uh, this was anticipating the coming of the Messiah. This was well, it was anticipating the suffering of the Messiah. Gotcha. Because uh-huh. again, as we've talked about before, it ain't the kind of Messiah they thought was coming. 
Mm -hmm. And so rather than say, oh, we had no idea this was going to happen. Instead, Christians said, oh, we just didn't interpret things correctly. Gotcha. If we had looked closely at Isaiah 50. This is a prophecy foretold kind of a thing. Yeah. Gotcha. And so very early on in Christianity, the um, aspects of this is of what commonly is called the suffering servant of Isaiah, aspects of that were applied to Jesus um, Mm -hmm. to various degrees of one-to-one correspondence. So now, 2,000 years later, most Christians, if they hear this, yes, would think, oh, that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. However, within Judaism, it is seen to apply to the people of Israel. Okay. And yeah, because this is third Isaiah, right? This is their yeah. Th- this is their Coast return. Of, yeah, this is their return home. Right. Gotcha. And so, and so the the the, que- the theological question is, um, why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, we're getting to go back to the Holy Land now. So why do we have to spend this time enslaved? And this is an explanation from God mm. as to what their suffering gave to the world. Gotcha. Um, And it was this new understanding of how God works Hmm. and that it's not God. If you are prospering, that shows that you are doing God's will, but instead out of suffering can come God's will and God's will can even be revealed. Very countercultural. Um, they were surrounded by world religions that if you were living well, the gods were favoring you. If you were living poorly, the gods were not favoring you. So this was a counter to those other religions that were much more popular. The empires followed them. It was a good way to keep the people under control because the gods want the people in charge to be in charge. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in charge. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there, there's a couple of instances here in this passage where you kind of, as you read them, you're like, well, that, I don't know, that part doesn't really fit with the Christ Messiah story. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of which, at least to me, was verse 9. Uh, they made his grave with the wicked. One could interpret that like, oh, he was crucified with, you know, the, uh, the, the thieves. thieves. So that, there you go. And his tomb with the rich. Nicodemus is... Nic- is, is he, was he rich? Yeah, otherwise he oh. would it. Otherwise, you okay. would not have had an unused tomb available. Okay, okay. Tombs were um, highly prized. Oh, no, that's not the right word to use. Because real estate was so precious in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, most tombs had multiple tenants, so to speak, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. over centuries even. Yeah, okay. And so Nicodemus had to be wealthy in order to have a brand new tomb that had not been shared with anyone else yet. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then I, I, I retract. I okay. Retract. Uh, but but verse... it's great symbolism yeah. of both the, the wicked and the rich. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wait, both are there, not just one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, verse 10 is a little, uh, maybe it's the translation, uh, but verse 10 is a little uh, more uncomfortable if you're thinking Christ. 
yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what dojo uh, the Lord <laughs> the Lord is running, but it, it sure. Like, Can I just polish the car? <laughs> good Lord. Like, uh, wax on, wax um, off. <laughs> is that really God's will? <laughs> Endure, maybe? Endure pain? Uh, 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 we, we, there's plenty of suffering language throughout uh, Old Testament and New Testament. We could have gone that way, but crush him with pain is a that's a that's a strong phrase that you like. I don't think like I don't see that or, or hear that in any like uh, Christian praise band songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's some there's some dramatic language in a lot of those praise bands yeah. songs, like piercing your heart and yeah. and and in like there's all sorts of I can just picture a crush <laughs> crush. Yeah, it, as the lead vocal is over that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, yeah, that one, that one definitely. Like, you read all until you get there, and then I'm kind of like, oh, uh, what? We might be talking about. I thought we were talking about one thing. I think we're talking. We might be talking about two different things here. <laughs> um, um, but uh, what what are some of the other uh, indicators as well, to this being more? To step back, just one part. Sure. This is a poem. Okay, so it's it's supposed to be full of metaphor and symbol and ponder this to see how the spirit's leading one to interpret it. Um, rather, it's not supposed to be a historic document, okay, or a description of historical accuracy. Um, so. Yeah, it would be. Uh, this is the NIV version. I don't want the NIV version. What's the uh, What's the version that we? In our NRSV, New Revised Standard Version, Catholic Edition, Angla Anglicized Catholic Edition. Interesting. <laughs> there it's is a so, rapid hole readily so available. Many. So, so here's what I was looking up. Uh, just because you know we start in verse four. Yeah. So. Um, as you're pointing out, if it's a poem, then then perhaps verses one through three might help set up the poem. Uh, and I think it does, because yeah. it starts here. It says, who has believed what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. And he was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hid their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. So yeah, if, if you have that intro to it, you're definitely a, in a different headspace, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, so in a way it's kind of a shame that we, that, that we, don't give it that running start. Well, and when we use it during Holy Week, we do. Okay. So, okay. Um, for whatever reason, the lectionary editors chose not to include it. Yeah. This week. But you know, the, the, I think time and time again, as you read, um, they're not, as you read Old Testament writings, um, and then compare them, because oftentimes they are partnered with, uh, the gospel reading. Yeah, as we'll um, see today. Uh, so I think oftentimes the 
point is not, it's not so much prophecy. Right. It's that, it, it, which can be found in the Old Testament books alone. Losing our way. The message really hasn't changed right. over the millennia. <laughs> it's yeah. just, come on back. Yeah. Don't forget. Like, mm-hmm. same problem. We, 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 and then we went down this road and we took the same wrong offshoot yep. from, to that road. Got to come back to it. So it's, again, like I find myself more and more reading Old Testament writings that sometimes get the label of prophecy and you're kind of more like, oh, no, you know, we like to make a lot of what Jesus talks about be like this radical alteration, right. like never, never before heard. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty of that still in the gospel, especially when. Uh, when he is speaking to crowds, he uses a lot of times language where it's like, wait, what? Yeah, and it has but, more to do with Greek and Roman culture because that's his crowd. Sure. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the, it, he's just, he's just, he's not preaching anything they shouldn't already know in a, in a lot of cases. Yeah, and that, that, that's why within Judaism, the more um, liberal branches like the Reformed often will describe Jesus as a prophet. Mm. Uh, you know, will not say, oh, fictional figure or something like that. Right. Uh, because they can easily see, yeah, that, okay. The passage from Mark 10, that echoes Isaiah 53. Yeah. Um, that's, he's just a rabbi with who's using some real good examples here. Not the Messiah, but a really smart rabbi with uh, wonderful speaking skills. Skills. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and with with all this, in a way, already written down, are you much as much of a prophet as a historian? <laughs> Look, well, people, <laughs> it's, and, it's already right here in the book. And what, what yeah, I'm glad you said that, because to clarify, um, at the time of Jesus and somewhat today, a rabbi is not like a Christian priest or something. Mm-hmm. It's instead a teacher. And yeah, you know, a teacher has to use all sorts of different tools to get the message across. Yeah. Um, and so for many um, Jewish people, Jesus's teachings are seen as helpful as a way of saying in another way what's in the Hebrew scriptures, like yeah. Isaiah. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because yeah, every rabbi I've ever met, and I actually have had the pleasure of, of spending time with a, a, a handful, uh, but everyone I've ever met reminds me a lot more of like a college professor. Yeah, because nine times out of ten, if we're talking about something along any of these passage lines, the response is, "Well, what do you think?" Yeah, <laughs> dang it, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to give myself an assignment or have to write a paper on this professor. I just want to, you know, I want a clear cut answer. Wanna... But you know what? This stuff isn't math. So, yeah. And that, that rabbinical technique is, yeah, what a lot of college professors or other skilled teachers use. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus certainly used. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. Every high priest chosen among from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. 
He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, <laughs> since he himself is subject to weakness. And because of this, he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when, God, when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he says also in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him having been designated by God a high priest according to the elder order of Melchizedek. Um, so here in this passage, um, uh, the, the author makes reference to Aaron. Mm -hmm. And I don't know as if like that necessarily brings up flashes of recognition of like, of what the author's referring to. Like when he, I'm trying to remember what was Aaron, how was Aaron called by God? What was the, what was that story? Two, multiple, multiple, multiple ways. Um, first of all, when Moses was called, fantastic narratives around this. Basically, Moses said, God, I'm not qualified. Move on. And God said, what do you mean? And Moses said, I stutter. And so people are going to laugh when I try to say what God is saying. And it's. It, it kind of does this wonderful little um, passive-aggressive thing of, you don't want people to laugh when folks hear your word, do you? And so mo so they have this back and forth, and finally God says, okay, Aaron speaks well. Mm -hmm. You can tell Aaron what to say, and he'll say it very, very well. So like a Serrano de Bergiac style? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um, and so... Aaron's the mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the Exodus story of the um, Israelites wandering through the desert, Aaron becomes the first intercessor, the first later called priest. Mm -hmm. And from his tribal lineage, all um, temple priests come. Okay. So that's why Aaron is associated with the role and title of priest, because he was the very first priest. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then the order, the reference to uh, the order of Melchizedek, which you do very well pronouncing. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Mm, hey, I love that. Um, not familiar with this order, really. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with it in terms of like, hey, it's in passages before, but. Yeah. Um, it, it first is mentioned in the, the story of how it was the priesthood formed, um, but is actually more people will be familiar with it, if they're familiar with it at all, from Psalm 110, where this basically is a quote of that. Okay, okay. Um, where it's talking about priestly ministry and um, you're a priest forever and that sort of thing. Though, interestingly, the way it worked while the temple in Jerusalem existed, 
was, yes, you were a priest forever, but you didn't serve in the temple forever. Hmm. That you were on uh, rotation with all the other males in that tribe. And so it was not a profession as an Episcopal priest, a Roman Catholic priest, an gotcha. Orthodox priest often is today. That where it's it's your day job as well as your Sunday job. Hmm. Um, it's instead the um, member of the uh, le tribe of Levi gotcha. would take their turn and serve a certain amount of time and then go back to doing their day job. Interesting. But you had to be of that tribe to offer the prayers and sacrifices in the temple. Mm -hmm. So when the Romans conquered the um, conquered Israel shortly before Jesus came along, they installed new priests mm. and they were not of that order. And yeah, so that's ooh, part scandal. of the, that's part of the significance of seeing it here is calling out the Romans as always in the New Testament very subtly that they were off track. Hmm. Yeah, I would imagine uh, that would create some. Uh, I, I already know that uh, uh, priests and preachers uh, have their fair share of uh, congregants who like don't like a sermon series right. or don't like you know. Yeah, you know, oh, Father, what you preached on today was a little lackluster. And right. <laughs> seemingly uh, 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 not shy to share <laughs> such things with you. If you're like, <laughs> if you're the, the part of this this uh, order of Melchizedek, this the, just part of the tribe of Levi, and you're going to have your, like, there might be like, okay, so there's like three or four months here where this this person's just not a good order at yeah. all. Like, this is, this is going to stink. <laughs> we'll get through it. <laughs> we'll get through it. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait for summer. Uh, <laughs> what do you do in your spare? What do you do in your real job? You're a shoemaker, right? <laughs> Stick with it. <laughs> Stick with that, buddy. <laughs> um, Anything anything uh, else about this uh, passage from Hebrews? Um, verse 7, the, uh -huh. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Uh, most people believe that's a reference to the Garden of Gethsemane moments, uh, the night he mm. was arrested, where Jesus prayed, let this cup pass, yeah, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so hopefully... That occurred to folks as you were reading that. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we, we we might think like, oh, cries to 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 God, yes, tears though. <laughs> my 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 Christ does not cry, well, except that it's the shortest verse in the Bible, and yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus wept, and Jesus wept, and John. Uh, so, um, but uh, but but uh, but yeah, that that. Um, Okay, so that's... The and it, coincidentally, this passage ties in very closely with the Isaiah passage, yeah. Suffering Servant, mm -hmm. and will tie in closely with the Mark passage. But I said coincidentally because we are right now just going through the letter to the Hebrews in order. Right. And going through the book of the Gospel of Mark in order. In order. And so it just so happened the, to fall on the, the same The stars side. align. Yep. And uh, and well, well, and it's part of your point before of themes do repeat. 
Yeah. And yeah, this is a big one. What? what? Well, yeah. I mean, the question of like, why do people suffer? More comes up a lot. And the, these passages are what does leadership look like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's a suffering servant. Yeah. Not a mighty king, not a military messiah. Right. Well, let's uh, let's see how it ties in. Uh, let's go move on to Mark chapter 10, verse 35 through 45. No more foreshadowing. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. The hook has been laid. Uh, we're all we're all on board now. Uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. That Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom has been prepared. it has been pre prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes who whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be the first among you, you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Um so yeah, literally the um you know uh, uh kind of speaking out the like the embodiment of what the other passages are talking about. Yeah. Um I'm a little uh I'm I'm a little thrown off by uh first of all, the boldness of uh James and John. I'm like, hey, uh ignore the other eight guys here. Uh I would we we want to be on, you know, the other the two sides of your throne. Ten you know? guys, but yeah. Yeah, 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 the other the other ten. That's what I uh I, I think I was reading yeah, when the ten heard heard this, yeah. I suddenly subtracted two. My math is wrong. Um but uh but yeah, so like ignore the ignore these guys. We're like, you know, put us put us in charge with you. Yeah, come on. Um You know we can handle it. Right, right, right. Uh I love the line, uh I can just imagine like Jesus staring blankly at them for like more than a beat <laughs> and going james john i don't i don't think you know what you're talking about mm -hmm. <laughs> um uh but then he asks a question that one would assume like if if his initial response is you don't know what you're asking for and then he delivers a question to them of are you able to do you think that you're able to drink the cup that i drink or be baptized with the baptism baptism that i'm baptized with and they're like yeah he goes, all right, all right. So you can drink the cup that I drink, and you can be baptized. But the other thing that isn't going to work. Like it almost seems like it almost seems like Jesus wasn't expecting that response. Like, okay, yeah, technically, <laughs> technically you can. But the point I'm trying to get across, as he you know pinches the nose, the bridge of yeah. his nose. The point I'm trying to get across is that I'm not here for that. I'm not here to create a kingdom uh, on earth. I'm not here to be a ruler. I'm here to be 
a servant and you're you're completely off base. Am am I is that how you read that as well? To a certain degree, yes. Okay. But the other thing that's the other dynamic here that's not won't be clear to a modern reader is that in the Hebrew scriptures, the cup is usually a symbol of triumph. Okay. So okay. So yeah, so it's easier for James and John to say, yeah, <laughs> that's why we want to be at the left and the right. Right, right. And Jesus is is in that moment transforming the meaning of that to suffering as mm. well as triumph. Okay. So it's almost like, yeah, you'll get to drink that, but it ain't gonna be as good as you think. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> it's gonna be totally different. Right. Well, that's true. So, so maybe Jesus like takes a t- takes a moment and goes, "All right, well, technically you're right. Yeah, you are going to drink, and you are going to be baptized the same way. But you ain't going to. It's not like what it. you're thinking. Yeah, though. it's not what you're thinking. You'll meet your end on the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will. Uh, yeah, you will. You know what? You're you're absolutely right. Uh, but, and this comes right after Jesus." tells the apostles about being crucified in Jerusalem. Mm, that that's okay. where they're going towards. So it's not like, yes, they remember a few weeks ago when I was talking about the meaning of suffering and my suffering? It's instead, remember two sentences ago? <laughs> <laughs> remember that time right before I sat down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the kindergartner who is so anxious to ask his or her question that they totally ignore what's being said and then ask the question and it looks like an idiot. I got you. Well, I mean, the, the, yeah, the disciples are real good at, at that in, at, in at Mark. Yeah. Looking like idiots. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. I mean, well, and of course the reason, one of the reasons Mark uses that device is that that's how we all are. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, but yeah, I look like an idiot a lot. Yeah, me too. And it's like, well, if only God would be able to have yeah. And o- only four or five percent of those instances are ever captured on this podcast. Right. So. <laughs> and that and that's still a lot. Billions of billions. Just imagine a steady stream of embarrassment uh, flowing out of me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Um, is it, so this is is this still simply like is is it just hard coded in the in these individuals that they're they're still expecting this king they're in still ex- ways, yeah. just expecting like you know the glory days of pre Isaiah to you know and and, and post Isaiah to come back like uh like um well yeah it's almost to to use the imagery from Hebrews it's like we're going to take over the temple. Mm. And we're going to be offering the sacrifices and we're mm. going to make Judaism what it used to be and what it should always be instead of, oh, we're going to be killed by the Romans like Jesus is going to be killed by the Romans. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah Even and- without the military political dimensions of the Messiah, just the religious part mm-hmm. um, is not what they thought it was going to be. I can, I, one can understand that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you're looking at an individual who's bringing all this reform and, you know, I don't know if by this point 
uh, well, no, by this point, like they've experienced crowds. Mm -hmm. It's a movement. Yeah. Uh, and so like, no, this, this person's going somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and like, uh, you know, crowds are only going to get bigger and, and, and miracles. Right. And like, what's the, what's the logical end result of this experience that we're, you know, yeah, this guy's unstoppable. Yeah. I'm going to hitch my pony to this wagon. I want to be on the left hand and the right hand. Exactly. Uh, so I, I, one can understand where, like, in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, without the the wisdom of, you know, foresight. Yeah. One can understand it's where they're, like. very understandable. Yeah. Oh, we're going to overthrow, overthrow the Romans. Mm-hmm. We're going to get our country back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to start carrying a sword, including to the I'm, Garden of Gethsemane. I'm going to be ready to cut someone's ear off. <laughs> exactly right. Um, uh, um, but yeah, one, one can understand. And, then, yeah. uh, and and in a way, one fully kind of can understand why Jesus speaks fairly plain to them. There, there are moments where it's like, all right, that's, that's a little nuanced there. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that you know, that the 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 meaning, the, the subtext of the meaning of that was a little, you know, not exactly forthright. You could have said it a little clear, but for the most part, the the most of the instances are like this is he's literally smacking you in the head with it. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know about literally. not gonna be a king. I I no no in my head, Jesus rolls up a newspaper, smacks him on the head. <laughs> Not going to be a physical kingdom. Not going to be a king. <laughs> Get it through your thick skull. Um, uh, and, like, they just kind of go back to it. Like, oh. uh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I mean, but, like, not the biggest, not the biggest castle or king, right. you know, kingdom. But, like, Pretty decent still, size one, eh? still, still physical. Or, like, or, you're going to have to put somebody on the left or, and the right. <laughs> We still get the temple, don't we? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so rule out of the temple. Yeah. 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 A religious rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Totally, totally different. Got totally it. handle that. Right. Um, uh, uh, and it's funny because, like, as readers of Mark, verse 41, when the ten heard this, be- yeah. they began to be angry with James and John. Uh, the reader might step into those shoes with the knowledge of hindsight and go like, yeah, how embarrassing for you. The implication is really like, dang it. They got to him first. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> James, John, we're, we're all equals. <laughs> I was going to do that next week. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, had to, I had to redo my sandal and they got there first. <laughs> dang it. Yeah, um, that's very much the con- the implication of how this reads. Yeah. It's it's not the, don't you know we're all going to be suffering servants? It's instead, you know, I wanted that seat. Right. Yeah. Who are you, sons of Zebedee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the son of a slightly greater, lesser person in society. I'm like, I got to go, I got to walk with him first. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What else about this? Uh, without spoiling the sermon, uh, the <laughs> homily. Uh, uh, what else about this? Uh, this passage. Well, verse verse forty three, where 
whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. The servant to everyone mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. um, is a direct callback to the passage from Isaiah, mm. the suffering servant. Uh, and so it's, it's, it becomes clearer and clearer when we put all those pieces together of what Jesus is talking about in terms of the type, both the point of Jesus's ministry and how we are called to minister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe a, a, a previous week's uh, Mark passage was talking about the first shall be last. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the, the one referencing uh, being like children, the children. Um, and in this case, in this instance, it's whoever wishes to be first must be slave of all must be. Well, technically it's servant. <clears throat> Sometimes it's, it's, Translate as slave, but really the better one is servant. Servant, yeah. yeah. So, um, which which um, you know may not may not technically be last in the pecking order, but it's pretty darn close. Well, yeah, it's definitely you know have very limited decisions, very mm -hmm. little autonomy. Um, yeah, it's, you know, back then servants were not unionized, <laughs> and right instead really did have to do the will of their employer no matter what yeah and then uh and then it finishes here for the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many uh which in a way kind of uh is a different um it's got similar beats to uh for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him mm -hmm. uh kind of feel uh, or, or meter to it um but uh, but yeah, the, the 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 servants style approach to um, to worship and to life. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, anything else? Um, the the ransom part, it, the Greek word is a little odd. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I bring this up is that unfortunately, some people interpret this to mean that. If Jesus hadn't died, none of us would have gone into heaven. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, all right, I guess we'll pay in those unmarked bills. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really about making something ex accessible that was not accessible before. Right. Yeah, it's, I, I I see what you mean there. So it's so it's more of an, an it's more intended to draw the draw the uh, readers. Uh, uh, mind from this was given for that yeah like there was an exchange of some sort uh not to imply that you know had, you know under different circumstances might have not exchanged it but more more in indicating like it's because of uh, of this it's uh, because of my willingness to be a servant mm -hmm. that god makes more sense to you now and you're willing to open your heart. Right, right. Through through that act, through yeah. that through that act of uh, giving and serving. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, then, with that, I, I think we'll close this uh, chapter to uh, our podcast uh, for October seventeenth, the twenty first Sunday after Pentecost in Year B. And uh, uh, thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to worshiping with you next week, uh, whatever works best for, for you and for your schedule. If you're traveling, travel safe. Uh, be well. Uh, join us and feel free to join us online. Uh, and, and to play on the new playground. And to play on the new <laughs> 
Coming in person, playing a new yeah. playground. Uh, adults, welcome for that last part. I helped put that thing together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think an elephant could play on that and it won't come down. So uh, not push the kids out of the way, but feel right. free feel free to come and join. Uh, a, a couple of twists and turns might not be built for your size, but, uh, but, but other than that, uh, yeah. uh, feel free to come and enjoy uh, the grounds as a whole. Uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.